Welcome everybody to the Sam Dean Podcast, where we talk about life uncensored. Today's show is sponsored by Van Zant Coffee. Order it online, vanzantcoffee.com. Thanks for the support. Uh, I'm also a realtor. If you live in Dallas or California and you want to move to East Texas, call me. I'll show you how to raise your own cows, how to grow your own food, how to barbecue, how to shoot guns, drive 4x4s. I'll also show you some listings that are not on the market. Anyway, give me a call, 254-449-6721. Today on the show, i got a special guest, one of my favorite athletes I've ever had the privilege of coaching, Lisa Kirk. So Lisa Kirk is here. I'm looking forward to this. Anyway, hope you enjoy the show. Thanks a lot. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye. Lisa Kirk. Lisa, welcome hey. to the Lost Cody Ranch. Thanks for having me. And thanks for being on the, be willing to subject yourself to this podcast. Um, first time, first time. First, t- first time on a podcast? Yeah. To hear my voice in my ear, first time. I have a friend named Michael Gasser. Uh, when I ran for Congress, I was on his podcast. That yeah. was the only podcast I've ever been on besides my own. So. <laughs> <laughs> I listen to a lot of podcasts. I like them what's a your, lot. What's your favorite one? Um, I'm all about true crime right now. I listen to a lot of different ones, but right now true crime's got me. Crime and sports. Yeah. So um, did you watch the Cowboys game the other night? No. It was terrible. I try not to watch them anymore. I know it sounds really silly, but I I love the Dallas Cowboys. I've been a Dallas Cowboys fan since I was like 10 years old. Mm -hmm. And I'm steeped in it enough to think that if I watch them and I'm thinking anything kind of negative or anything like that, that I'm going to cause the the fall of the game or even the whole season. So I have to, like, be very careful about it. You know, despite the fact that if you're with me and I'm watching a game, I'm almost unbearable, so. (laughs) True fan. I love the Cowboys. I do, too. And I like the Rangers and the Mavericks and everything, but uh, the Cowboys are my favorite. And I'll still watch them no matter what they do. You know, like, I don't look look at the Cowboys for my politics or, you Mm -hmm. know, or or my my role models or whatever. However, you know, I just love football. I do. I love it. I love college and college and pro i love football too i get really hyped about it i have my favorite teams a lot of them don't win i don't care i watch them anyway and i have a great time doing it i love the cowboys i rarely think about or get into arguments about jerry jones or any of his politics or any of that because that (laughs) that's just a suck of the joy of watching the, the cowboys play I just like watching football. I I don't like the direction football's kind of going mm-hmm. where it's not as physical. <laughs> I get the fact that you don't want people to get hurt or die from yes. from injuries or things like that, but you know from you probably hear people older people say this all the time, but the 70s and 80s were amazing to watch. Yeah. They were. They were amazing. It was a lot of fun. 
We saw Stephen, Ashley, George, and I saw Stephen Jones, Jerry's son. Yeah, yeah. At the uh, Athens Boathouse, which is, have you been to that restaurant? No. Uh-uh. It's at Lake Athens, has a marina. I've heard of it, and it yeah. It has a really good restaurant, and he's part owner, or he has a house out there or something. But he walked in, and um, I saw him, and I was wanting to ask him about Dak, but he didn't want to talk to anybody. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, how's Dak's shoulder? <laughs> <You know? laughs> I'm going to need a report. Can you just <laughs> sit down here yeah. and let me know how it's going? Um, where did I see? Didn't they had some kind of docuseries? It was like, uh, I can't remember the name of it, but it was a, the Dallas Cowboys, and it had 10 episodes. It just kind of followed them through mm-hmm. their season. I can't remember what that was called. Hard Knocks. Yeah, I think that was it. And that's where I... That's where I became a little bit more familiar with Jerry Jones's son, yeah. Stephen. I think he's going to be the master. Like the ta- he's going to take it over. Yeah. If Jerry leaves, but um, it's they're doing. If you had a, I don't have HBO, but they're doing Hard Knocks Dallas Cowboys again this year. Are they? Yeah. So it's already done. I watch it on. It's, it's going on right now. The first time I watched it, I watched it on Amazon. I just kind of I benched the whole thing, mm-hmm. and then I also watched um, the All Blacks. I benched the whole thing about the All Blacks, and I believe they're in New Zealand. I can't remember. Australia. Rugby, the rugby thing? Yeah. yeah. It was they the awesome. Dance, they do that dancing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love all that stuff. But I'm fascinated by that. Mm-hmm. I'm fascinated by football. I'm fascinated by um, most sports, even though, you know, I don't play any sports or anything, but I'm fascinated by a lot of that stuff. And that's why when I listen to the crime and sports, and I hear about these guys that are, even women, that have their um, huge opportunities. They're incredibly talented. And they systematically destroy it. Like, it's terrible. It's this is terrible. And then I listened to one just recently on Michael Irvin. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. He's the, still at it. The playmaker. Yeah. he's That's what they talked about. He's, you know. But he named himself. And he was very flashy still is Mm -hmm. and you know he was the playmaker and he was a great football player but I was never really a big fan of his there were other people on there that I liked a lot a lot better than him yeah but I appreciate watching them they won they my grandmother always called him Michael Irwin Irwin (laughs) Goggy so she always mispronounced his name (laughs) well I'm sure that's you know a lot of people probably do I don't Um, know you know you know, my friends always bring up Michael Irvin. My best friend's from Patrick O'Connor from Philadelphia. He said they used to throw, like, when Michael Irvin hurt his neck, that like his last game, I guess, whatever. Yeah, he, he did that. And uh, they were throwing batteries at him, like the fans in Philadelphia. Right, that, that was one of the things that they talked about was how incredible that game was in the respect that the announcers – <laughs> were blown away by how horrible Philadelphia was being. Like they were cheering because he was on the ground and wasn't moving, yeah. and then they cheered when the people called for uh, help. And then when they brought a stretcher out, they went insane. Mm. <laughs> and these announcers were like, "I just can't believe this crowd is Man. going crazy like that." And I'm like, "You know what? I I like it. And they're diehard fans. I do not like the Eagles." From my youth, Neither do I. I don't I, like I the still Eagles. Don't like them. Me yeah. either. I, I would, <laughs> I would be tempted to do the same thing. I'd be like secretly thinking, well, "I hope that guy's okay." I mean, but 
my if your fandom. If, if you're on that team, you're on the Eagles. I'm not gonna be standing out there chanting, "Hey, I hope you get up. <laughs> yeah. Hope you're okay." I ought to be like yelling just like the rest of them, and I would have been diehard like that. Um, but they talked about that and how how blown away they were, and I'm like, I'm not really blown away because I think the Cowboys Cowboy fans back in that day would have done something similar. Mm-hmm. I didn't like the Eagles, the Steelers, or the Redskins. Either any of those teams. And yeah. to this day, I still cannot watch those teams play anyone without just being hardcore. I hope I hope they lose. Oh, I hope they lose. Yeah. <laughs> and I can't I couldn't stand Terry Bradshaw. Oh my gosh. Don't even get me started Terry. on Terry Bradshaw. That was a little before my time. But I you know, I hate the the Redskins, the Giants. You know, everybody in the NFC East. <laughs> and the Steelers, the, you know, Steelers, when I was in college, the Steelers won everything all the time. And, uh, yeah. Roethlisberger and all yeah. that. Jerome. My favorite football player, non cowboy, was Jerome Bettis when he was on the Rams. And then he went to the Steelers, I, the bus. I really liked him. Yeah. Uh, There's a few players that I like that, um, that weren't Cowboys that I followed along with or whatever. In fact, there was an Eagles. Oh, man. I can't think of his name now. He's a, I believe he's a tight end for the Eagles. He was. I don't know if he still is, but I was a big fan of his too. And, but I would like follow him on the sly. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But when he was playing the, you know, the Cowboys, I, mm mm. I like uh, JJ Watt, you know, for the Texans. I think he went on, who did he go to? Did he go to the Cardinals, Arizona or somebody this year? I don't know. But he was in Houston, you know, and I was like, he was big in Houston. We can just get, trade like our whole team for him and then build around him but he's not just like i mean that i know of publicly he's he's a good guy like he was a great player and a good guy yeah for houston so it yeah. seemed like he was like kinda yeah like, you know we never know what what's going on yeah. behind the scenes or whatever but he he always came off pretty clean yeah um okay well the reason i have you on today is i want to talk about your journey with me and Anything else you want to talk about, but um, if you want to. Okay. And we can talk about anything, but from, I met you uh, like six years ago. Yeah. It was, um, I don't remember the date, but it was the end of July on a Saturday. Um, How my ex-daughter-in-law was, and my son were going to the box and Jenna y- and Ryder yeah, yeah yeah and you were going to do a program called Rise mm-hmm. and they wanted me especially Jenna she wanted me to be a part of that and I remember telling her yeah yeah I'll do it yeah yeah but in in inside I was like that's not gonna happen I'm not gonna do that I can't do that I don't want to well I'm working on other things like my diet and I was I had changed my eating habits I'd lost weight I was I just was directionless on what to do physically Mm -hmm. to um to put with the food and things like that because I had changed my eating habits back in February um so July comes along and she's hounding me about it and so the last day comes and I remember I was at work and she was texting and texting and I was like ignoring ignoring and then finally she calls me and I answer it and she says you know today's the last day you've got to get it in I talked to Sam he hasn't talked to you and I was like okay I'll do it about an hour later I sent you an email 
and I thought that would be what the way I could communicate with you, but mm-hmm. be under, you know, like make it not be on time. Like yeah. you would be like, well, I'm sorry, I've already closed it. Da, yeah. da, da. <laughs> and I think you answered the email before I even hit send. Like I was like, I hit send. It was like, ping. And no, this is great. You're in. And I'm like, yeah. oh, no, I don't want to do this. And um, so that Saturday, yeah. you had everybody meet up there, I want to say at 9 o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. And there were about uh, 35 people. Can't remember. There's quite a few. Yeah, and they were all in kind of similar situations like me. A lot of people maybe my age or a little bit older, and then some younger ones that were overweight, that kind of thing. How? So let's go back for a sec. How, how old were you at that time? At that time, I uh, was 52. 52. And what what was your weight like in February when you started cutting your diet? Like I was your, what were, where were you heaviest at? I was probably... <laughs> I rarely tell people the real, real truth. I usually just say I was over 300 pounds, Mm -hmm. but I was close to 365 pounds. And I, um, I lost weight immediately when I changed my eating habits. Like it, it was like overnight immediately, but that's because I cut out all fast food. Okay. So that's my next, next question. Yeah. What were you eating and then what did you change? (laughs) Okay. I work a lot of hours. This is how it, this grew into what's going on. Well, there's a lot of complicated things that go into this. I work lots and lots of hours. I'm real career-driven. And um, I I would use, I wouldn't prepare for food. Mm-hmm. So the fastest way, like I would be driving from one surgery center to another surgery center to the hospital, back to the office and things like that. And the most convenient way to eat would be to stop and get something to eat at, you know, Wendy's or... Mm-hmm. Um, a drive-thru somewhere and you know any of those meals now now that I know what I know are a day's worth of food so Mm -hmm. no matter what you get it's a day's worth of food essentially so if you eat three times a day or you eat that and then you go home and you eat a big meal or whatever you're eating anywhere from one to three days worth of food in a day and so that was the first thing I learned was I started doing a little bit of reading. The, ca- the calorie amount mm-hmm. is what you're talking about, really, yeah. right? Yeah. And well, and not even more than the calories. So, like, you know, if the they sugar. they break it down into the uh, the proteins and the carbs and the fats, mm-hmm. that food is all carb and all fat. There's no protein. There's yeah. no protein in there. And so it's way wicked off balance and, and wholly not good for you. I read a study right around that time because I, I was really having to change my life. And th- the study was is they did, um, they measured people's blood pressure and things like that prior to breakfast. Mm-hmm. And then you could have breakfast any way you wanted it. So you could make your own breakfast. You could go somewhere and get breakfast, whatever it was. And the people who went to a drive-thru like McDonald's and they got themselves a biscuit and sausage or, you know, hash browns, whatever it is, they get it. Their blood pressure after eating was much higher, like much higher. It was an immediate response mm-hmm. to the food because it's so processed and cooked, you know, entirely differently than you would cook something at home or eating fresh fruit or things like that. So that was an eye opener. And that was one of the reasons why I was like, well, I know how to, I know what to do with that. I can just completely cut that out. And I did. 
I cut that out. And I noticed an immediate change in my weight. It immediately, like within days, I was, I knew that that was the right thing to do. The other was cutting out uh, soda, you know, all Mm -hmm. pops, whatever you call them. I call them, I call them pops. Mm -hmm. They don't call them pops here. My granny called them soda water. Cokes. We call them just Coke. Yeah, I know, Coke. But I don't, I don't drink Coke. But I don't drink any of that anymore. Every once in a while I'll get a wild hair and, and think I want a root beer. And I'll get it. And then I'll take a good big drink of it and go, oh, my God, that's horrible. It's <laughs> and put it away. Yeah, and then I remember. It's, then I, it's To me, it's like uh, taking a drag off a cigarette. Yeah. You know, if I were to grab a cigarette right now and take a long drag, it's disgusting. But... <laughs> You know, if you smoke them all the time, they're just like, oh, it's it's good. I, but the the Cokes are the same way. If I were to take a drink of a Coke, I'd spit it out. Yeah. yeah. One of the lessons I've learned about not having or making a decision to cut something out, if you want it, like if, you f- if you're all of a sudden, for whatever reason, you're like, I want to go and I want to have something like carbonated to drink or whatever, do it. Like, I'm not saying go there and drink until you pop or whatever but what I would do is go get myself a root beer or something and then I would have like one or two drinks off of it and be like I don't I don't want this anymore I don't need it mm-hmm. and I I might do that once every six months or once every two months or something like that and it then I'm over it what really makes fast food bad is if you get one of those huge sh- uh, cokes with the with the fast food Fast food's bad on it by itself. However, if you get a 40-ounce Coke with it, I mean, it's super hyperglycemic, spikes your blood sugar, makes you uh, just deranged your all your, you know, your pancreas, it all your insulin and everything. And uh, not only that, the food, like you said, doesn't have protein, so it doesn't fill you up. Mm-mm. And you want, 30, 30 minutes later, you want more of it. And then that Coke is like drugs. It hits your system. It is a you, drug. It makes you feel great. Like your brain starts mm-hmm. to dance. And then you crash and you want another one. And it's just like any type of drug out there. It's the same. does the same thing yeah. to you. Uh, it does do the same thing. It's the same kind of chemical reaction. Mm-hmm. I'm not opposed to sugar. Like I don't have a problem with sugar. But I think we have to be more, I have to be more responsible about how I handle sugar. So I can't go and. And do those soda drink, you know, a pop like that three or four times a day and have that big hit. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm pretty sure I would be, my mom became a diabetic when she was 54. And that was one of the things for me was like I was 52 and thinking, oh my gosh, I've got this deadline of two years. I'm going to be a diabetic. I know it. Mm-hmm. And I would have been. I s- yeah. sincerely would have been. And the dog told me that. That's that's what they said. You're you're already pre-diabetic, and we're worried about your blood pressure. Although my blood pressure has been always been a little bit um, on the norm or a little bit lower. But I tend to have tricks to take care of those kind of things. If you read a lot, <laughs> you you can read and discover how some of those things work and manage them a little bit. But you can't do that forever. Mm-hmm. Like you can't. One of the things was on the first class that I had with you. You explained how you were you were explaining how an air squat is the base of everything. So it's just the base of the basic movement of everything, and that this is the reason why failing that or not being able to do that would land you in a nursing home and things like that. Mm-hmm. One of the things for me was 
physically, even though I was very large, I was willful. So how I got to how I got to that point and still was able to walk and do the things that I wanted to do or things like that, I was willful. I'm like, you're going to make this happen. If you're going to do that, then you have, you know, so I would just will my way through it, right? Mm. I was getting to the point where it didn't matter how willful I was, I couldn't accomplish it. So I had to worry about where I was going, like where they're going to be huge amounts of stairs and where they're going to be railings for me to hang on to, where the chair is going to be able to hold me up or things like that. And um, it, before that, before I got to that point, it was all about being willful, willing my way, making it happen, um, making my body do what I needed it to do. But I had gotten to the point where um, that wasn't working as well. And I remember thinking when you were explaining the squat, well, I can do it. I'll yeah. make myself do it. I can do it. And I could not do it. Couldn't do it. I fell over, in fact. Mm -hmm. And then I couldn't get off the ground. And that was an eye-opener for me. So you can't will your way past almost 350 pounds. You can't do that. It, yeah. You can't do it forever. Eventually, your knees can't take it. Your back can't take it. It doesn't matter how willful or how much you want it to happen. You're going to get to the point where you can't. And that was where I was. Mm -hmm. Couldn't will past it. We had uh, the RISE program. I got this idea from Jason Kalitha. I went to, I went to uh, a box-to-business seminar with him and... Jay, this guy named JP who owns Brick Cross, CrossFit. Jared, I didn't know that. Jared Permalter. And I met him. I got to work out with Jason Kalitha and everything. And I love that guy. I follow him on Instagram. And <laughs> he said, uh, yeah, we did this thing called the RISE program, Resilient Individuals Starting Exercise. And uh, the deal was if I would do three months free and – if you came at least twice a week, right? Or was it three times a week? You had I don't think I don't think you gave us a number for per week, but you said we had to hit 12 classes in the month. I believe 12. it was 12 classes. 12 classes you in a month. You had to check in for 12. So if you didn't if you you know, if you didn't do 12 classes a month, you had to pay for that month. Right? And um we had a, the first one was pretty successful. We had a few people drop out and no one ever paid, by the way, if they dropped out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, but uh, I think after our uh, the f the the first class was the one I was in. Mm -hmm. There were six of us that stayed. Yeah, something like that. Six people continued their membership. Yeah, and, and then slowly it dropped off to I. I think you have three. Yeah, three or four. Three. Me. Shelley. Shelley is Michael. Um, uh, and Michael. And yeah. Michael. Michael's yeah. a, I don't know if he's still. Yep. He is. So it's three people. So yeah, he was right. always in a different class than me. Like yeah. he didn't come at the seven o'clock class. He, could, he went he to a different class. Just normal class. So but I never knew when he was there. Then, when he was there. Anyway, after yours, I did another one and z had zero people. There were a few people that signed up for that. I remember because yeah. they came to the class, the seven o'clock class when mm -hmm. I was going to. And, but it was not a successful as it it tend as it was for me anyway. I 
Maybe. Once I make up my mind about something, yeah. okay, so the first class came and I failed the air squad or whatever, and I remember getting scared and going out and sitting in my car and thinking, oh, gosh, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do that. And all this work that he was having me do, it was real physical, physically difficult. And then I thought, are you just going to die from being fat? Are you really going to let fat kill you? Mm. I'm, I can't believe you're going to just sit here and let that happen. And then I thought, okay. I'm going to take the hand that he's extended and I'm going to do what he tells me to do for the next three months and see what happens. I'll just give him the energy that, that he says that I need to have to, you know, to go in there, do it right, follow what he's saying and give it a go. And that's what I did. So when I came back for the second class, I was prepared. I was like, you know, whatever, whatever he tells me to do, I'm going to be, I'm going to be doing whether I like it or not. This is how it's going to go. And there wasn't that kind of dedication from probably half your class. Like right. they were there probably for the same reasons that I was there initially. But I, for whatever reason, I just, my eyes w- were opened by what I couldn't do physically. I couldn't even will it to happen. And that scared me. Yeah. It, and I th- that's probably normal, you know, half the people that sign up for CrossFit no matter if they're in really great shape or really poor shape, half of them kind of stay with it long term, maybe. The other half just stop for reasons. Maybe they get too sore. Maybe they just they just don't like, they didn't think they'd like working out as much socially because CrossFit is a kind of a social deal. You know, you're in there with a bunch of other people. It's social. It's, um, but it's real work. It's mm-hmm. not, um, you're not, there's nothing wrong with running on a treadmill first off, let me, but it's not that. It's not a very static kind of little thing that you're doing to get your cardio up or things like that. These workouts are often intense, um, but they work. I always feel wholly better afterward. Um, they're, they're definitely intense, but. You know, somebody said, you know, Greg Glassman, I believe, said it, but um, it's CrossFit's for anyone, but not for everyone. Right. Meaning, like, it'll work for anyone that wants to do it. Right. But, um, you know, it it is, you know, it's it's as hardcore as you want to make it. Yeah. Yeah. It's as much whatever you want to dedicate to it. For me, the more I realized I could move... Mm-hmm. And the better I got um, physically with losing weight and then with the movements of themselves, it was very motivating. I wanted to keep going. Like, I, w- I wanted to see how much better I could be. And then when I found out that I was strong, oh, that was even more motivating to just keep moving and keep working through it. And I'm not, you know, I'm not the greatest crossfitter in in the box. Like, I... You know, I don't do pull-ups or anything like that yet. But there are a ton of things in there that I never thought I would do, and yeah. or much less do well. So, Your um, pull-ups right now, you you essentially engage your lats, and you pull up about one inch. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that's that's what your pull-up is. Yeah. That's, that is my – and if I don't do that um, – then I'm going to do a, a push press or just a shoulder press, which I've gotten very strong at doing shoulder presses. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, in turn, has helped me with push-ups. I'm much better at push-ups than I was before. 
Uh, so whatever, I mean, the better you get at whatever movement in there, it's going to translate into something else. They all do because it's all connected. Yeah. So that's why I, I like it a lot. What did it feel like when you started, when you started with the RISE program to now, like, What's the difference in how you feel when you worked out? Well, when I first started. So workouts are the same. They're the yeah, same. Yeah, they are. But I, I didn't change the workouts. Yeah, you haven't. And m- my workouts are wholly different in the way that I don't have to scale them in the that I, like I did when I first started. Uh, but I get I kind of get upset when people say things about scaled workouts. And scaled workouts aren't easy workouts. They're not meant to be easy. It, a scale just means that you're doing the movement in a way that you can until you're able to master the way it was prescribed or the way it was supposed to be. So if you can't do a pull-up, you're going to do something else equally as difficult, just not a pull-up. And that was my whole, when I first started, it was just, you know, scale everything like I wasn't on the ground I couldn't do a a burpee I couldn't jump on the ground and get back up off the ground so I would do things off the box or leaning off the wall or things like that but growing into the actual movement like on my I, I know when I started doing burpees where I could actually jump into a burpee and then jump out of a burpee and jump up into the uh with your hands in the air afterward and that's a lot harder but I like being able to do that. I'll, so I'll I'll do twice as long just so that I can do the burpee the right way. Um, but it's it's the same difficulty now yeah. doing it that way yeah. as it was when you started doing it on the wall. Absolutely. It's, it's exact the same, same effort relative. My effort in it after I committed to it mm-hmm. is the same then as it is now. It's just that I've progressed into um, better movement. Uh, I can do things a lot easier. I can do a lot of the movements I absolutely couldn't do before, things like that. So how I felt then and how I feel now, uh, I don't know that you could really say one is better than the other because just learning that I could move or, like, I couldn't run a lap. I could barely walk that 100 meter when I, when I would, without being completely exhausted from it. But now I can actually run, and that... The running is a lot harder for me, but I'm just, I'm able to run. Like, I that, I wasn't able to do that before, so it's a different sensation. So, every workout that I do is just, from an intensity standpoint for me, is the same as it was in the very beginning as it is now. It's just that I can, I'm stronger. I can do more weight, or I, I can go longer into the workout, or I can do multiple things in a row without stopping, stuff like that it's just my intensity is pretty much the same what about your like the the recovery from the beginning oh I learned tons about recovery when you worked out at the beginning in the first workout you were probably destroyed yeah for hours maybe days well when I first started I went you did them every other day Mm -hmm. the class was Monday Wednesday and Friday at 7 a.m., or you could go to any other time that you wanted, but you were there specifically mm-hmm. for this set, the 7 a.m., Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and those are the days that I went. I would, n- and I've told people this before, When if you were in the situation that I was in and you, you start CrossFit, I don't believe you should be going every day of the week. It will destroy you. 
-hmm. I went three days a week, and that was hard. I needed those days in between to recover Mm -hmm. because it was hard, and it would... It would last that long. I would need that day to recover so that I'd be ready to come in the next day and try to do it again. And then after three months, I started, you started on August 3rd. It was the very first class. It was a Monday. Then the three months after that, I stayed and I continued doing three days a week. I didn't start going five days a week until February. But at that time in February... I was feeling a lot stronger. Um, I was doing more and the workouts weren't hurting me as bad. And I had learned a little bit about recovery because I had a little bit of a knee thing going on. And it turned out uh, all of that was just not addressing mobility, not doing your the rolling and not stretching and not maybe doing the warm-up as, as – as well as you should do the warm up mm-hmm. and then stretching after the workout, that kind of thing. Uh, so that got kind of got me in trouble with my, um, with my knees in the early, d- and it wasn't my knees. It was the Muscles. IT bands and things like that, that I wasn't addressing. So once I learned a lo- some of the stuff about that, I be- went on a mission to learn a lot more. And um, that helps me in recovery. I know, a l- I know a ton about what's connected to what's to what and what I need to do to it for myself mm-hmm. to make sure that I don't get in trouble with real serious um, pain or things like that that would actually make me not want to work out. But not just not work out. You get like that and you don't want to do anything. You don't want to leave your home. You don't want to, you know, right. you don't want to go to the store and things like that. You had r- mobility and that recovery are essential. When you, s- when you start exercise, your muscles go from weak to strong and powerful and when they go for to strong and powerful they get shorter and tighter yeah and you have to really work to keep them long and, and loose otherwise when they get shorter and tighter they're going to pull on your joints and make them out of place they're going to swell they're going to yep. get inflamed and um i learned all that firsthand it's uh <laughs> and it happens to everybody it doesn't just happen to people like you that start like that it happens to i've seen it yeah you know when you when you do 100 squats in a workout and your body's not used to that i mean your hamstrings are growing they're mm. growing overnight you know because <laughs> your body your body will adapt to whatever environment you put it in mm-hmm. if you put it in uh, you're working every day working out every day your body's going to turn into this crazy machine it whereas if you lay on the couch every day and play video games your body's going to turn into the couch it's going to turn in to get soft sit there you yeah. know and it's n- and you lose it like you could be the best athlete in the world and then sit on the couch for a year and you're going to lose it you yeah. have to constantly be um moving and that's why you're really good about this and we have a lot of members that are but you work out every morning at 6 a.m yeah that's a now you do some Saturdays. I do some. Sa- it depends on work and my yeah. schedule and things like that, or how tired I am. Because, I mean, I don't like to fall back on my age, but I am fifty-eight years old. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I have to listen to what if if the workouts were particularly intense throughout the week, and I'm feeling and work was very intense because during COVID it has become a real mm-hmm. a real mind thing at work. So I'm I get stressed and I work out which makes me feel better but it's not enough to overcome the stuff that's going on and by the end of the week 
I'm tired. Um, I'm starting to feel the whole week. Mm -hmm. So I need that time to recover. And I'll think, well, how tired am I? Can I do Saturday? Can I not do Saturday? It depends on that decision. And then also whether I have work that I have to go do. So, but there are days where I'm deliberate about not coming in on a Saturday just because I need to recover. Yeah. Yeah. The, the week that we had the big snowstorm, Mm -hmm. I, that was the first week of all the, all six years that I didn't I did not work out. I just did recovery. I did stretching and rolling and mm-hmm. things like that, and I felt great after that week. Like uh, was raring and ready to go. The true it was yeah. a true recovery. Yeah, yeah. Time. Yeah, but it wasn't just a recovery from CrossFit. It was a recovery from everything. I couldn't yeah. go to work, and I didn't have to stress and worry about that stuff. I was in my house. I was there all day long, every day. What else were I, What else yeah. was I going to do? And it helped. It helped a lot. That week was a good week. It turned into a good week of just recovery, of just feeling better and being looser Yeah. and just feeling a little bit better. So some of your stats, some of your stats now, you've been doing CrossFit six years at CrossFit Van Zandt in Canton, 6 a.m. Yep. You can back squat over 300. What's your what's your back squat max? 315. 315, which is, that's more than most people at the gym. Like 95% of the people at the gym can't do 315, men or women. Well. That's a lot of weight. You can run now. I can run, but, I'm, you know, that's a weakness. Have you gotten, you're still working on double unders. I haven't worked on double unders. I'm work. My goal with singles right yeah. now. So you is went. You couldn't do singles. Couldn't. Oh, I couldn't jump rope at all. Yeah. No. And I even tried. I remember the first time you had me trying them. I was like, I can't jump this rope, and <laughs> and I literally couldn't do it. It took like uh, months, months mm-hmm. to get to the point where I could jump a rope, and now I can do singles. And I get. There's just not a coordination between my hand and and my jump, mm-hmm. and my jump's not very high. It's not very it 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 just isn't very high. So the so next the next thing would be reverse singles. Right. Can you do those? I can do those, but only like three in a row. So what I've been concentrating on is make I want to be able to do fifty singles, mm-hmm. consistently, fifty singles without breaking, and then move on to. Con- not reverting back, just doing backwards from then on and yeah. set a goal for that. Right now, I can only do about 26 in a row mm-hmm. without breaking. And it depends on how tired I am, truly, on whether um, on whether singles are going to work for me. That I'm like uh, like people talk about with doubles. Yeah. Uh, you know, today's just not my day with them. Well, sometimes I have that with singles. But that's my... F, like if you you post a workout that has uh, double unders in, in it, and let's say it's um we had one recently where it was a set number, so let's say it was twenty five double unders and thirty of this and thirty of that or whatever, and I'm gonna do twenty five singles, but then I think well, what would be harder? I could double that, or I could do twenty five in a row. So every time I break, if I haven't hit twenty five, I have to restart. And I've done that for workouts. Yeah, that's good. And I've also doubled it for workouts, depending on the r- amount of reps and me knowing mm-hmm. what my level is in the first place. There's a lot of new members that we have that can't that can't really jump singles well because they crash to the ground. It's like they it's like they're 
going to break their legs almost jumping. And yeah. It, and it's because they just, they're just not used to jumping. Well, and also it's, there is a, there is a strength factor to it. Mm-hmm. I'm better at singles now than I was a year ago and a year prior to that. Yeah. There were times when I would do singles or attempt to do singles, and I felt like I was going to, when I jumped, mm-hmm. and I would go back down, I, I physically felt them give, like, oh, I'm going down. I'm going to hit the ground this time. And that's that's probably what they're feeling. It's a strength thing. I think they have to, whatever, whatever you have to work on to make that happen, to make them stronger yeah. and able to... To not come off when they come off the ground, it's not the issue. It's when they hit the ground, yeah. and literally, you 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 hit the point where you think, oh, they're not gonna. My knees aren't gonna take this. Yeah. They're gonna let me go." Well, the people that have a trampoline at home, or that are basketball players, they don't have an issue coming in there and grabbing a jump rope and jumping. Right. It's the people that just haven't jumped in twenty years, and that's and that's that's and it. I have I hadn't jumped in forever. I thought jumping was two years in. Even yeah. with CrossFit, I thought jumping was out the window. Like I, I would not be able to jump, and I jump rope now. Um, I also do the box jumps when I have to. That kind of thing. Yeah, the twenty-inch box, yeah. the padded box. Yeah, that was like <laughs> 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 that was something that day. I wanted to have a parade, but I that had, I, because of that, I had to buy a padded box for Athens too, <laughs> but, which I'm gladly I did it. That padded box was a real miracle worker, though, for me, because that wooden box is, um, it is a mind thing where you get up to that and you're like, if I, if I crash on that, it's going to hurt. Might as well have knives on it. Uh, do you remember when, I, I don't know, Adrian, she may or may not have said it. Tara had a couple incidences with me, too, but one day Adrian was up there and I was doing 25 box jumps every day after the workout. No matter what, I had to do 25 box jumps. <laughs> <laughs> and I went over there, and the first one's always the hardest. It's always hardest to stand there and think, oh, I can do it, I can do it, and then do it. Mm-hmm. And I think I was three in, and I snagged my toe, and I just basically very softly did a complete flip over the box and landed on my back, like perfectly on my back on the other side of the box. And Adrian comes running over, coach. And yeah. she comes running over and she's like, oh, are you okay? And it literally didn't hurt. And that's one of the other things about this is like a a good CrossFit moment for several reasons. One, I was attempting to do box jumps and I never thought I would be able to do those. And I do them now. But on that, I tipped over and did a literal somersault over the top and landed on my back and it did not hurt it didn't hurt if i fell down a stair like that three years prior four years prior i would have been in the hospital with something broken i know so but that i fell flipped you know flipped over land on the ground and laughed my tail off and able to get up and then walk right around to the box and continue jumping keep going and I w- wouldn't have been able to do that before. Well, There's a lot of things in my life that I wouldn't so be able to do uh, now before that I can do now. So if I fell or had an issue mm-hmm. where I have fell, I have had things happen. And I know for a fact that because I'm strong enough now, I can I, I can overcome it. There's been situations where I think I'm going to fall, but I'm able to correct it and save it. I wouldn't have been able to do that five years ago. 
It would have gone down. One morning I came in here and Ashley was laying down at the bottom of the stairs. She fell down the stairs one night. Oh my gosh. She was okay. What? <laughs> and, and then I had my dump trailer. I was doing some work out here and I have a dump trailer that, that dumps out the load or whatever. And I got in the back of it because I forgot to open the, the, the hatch, the gate. Yeah. And for some reason I was on the hatch and I opened it. And of course I fell with all the brush in the ravine. And all I could think about, I hit the ground, all I think about is snakes. And I crawled out of there like a cat. <laughs> jumped back in there. I was like, a, a normal man would have died on the <laughs> I don't know. I'm just very, I just, I basically bounced off the ground. And, but that's the things I think about. Like I, those, those thoughts occur to me. So yeah. I'll have a situation like uh, when it was acid over and I would take a step and like, you know, nearly fall, but I was able to recover. I wouldn't have <laughs> recovered. And I'd yeah. be like, thank Thank gosh, I'm in so much different shape now. Thank goodness I CrossFit. Thank goodness I do these things because it has literally saved me. It's saved me from a lot of problems. And the, f- the movements that we do, like picking up heavy stuff and overhead and all these things with free weights, muscle recruitment, your body's trained to, like, work together. And instead of isolating it's all connected. S- certain mu- muscles, and that's why – our balance improves and you know mm-hmm. resiliency recovery from things when i first started crossfit it, i needed what felt like a week to recover from a workout now i need 10 minutes and i can do another one yeah you know yeah i, I don't want to but i could <laughs> you know and well there's it depends on the workout on whether on how fast i recover yeah. obviously my age has a lot to do how much i weigh my age and things like that have a lot to do with how fast i recover but i'm positive that I could do two workouts a day if you if I had to do them um I wouldn't have been able to do that before but I know that I could do them now there's times where I'm it sets me in a in a way after I leave that I feel super fit like I feel so much better so much better than I did when I got up and it'll carry me throughout the whole day but then there's other times where I go in there and I'm tired. It's the end of the week or I don't feel well or whatever. I've got stress or something like that. And the workout is a lot harder and and I don't get that energy that lasts all day long. But the thing is, is if I don't do it, I, I'm going to feel like that all day long. I'm going to feel tired and listless and all that. I if, Even if I go in there and I'm tired and I do the workout, I always feel better afterward. It, the workout doesn't make you more tired. No. No. It it it'll exhaust you. Yeah. So, like, you'll be on the ground, breathing hard, things like that, sweating. But it doesn't it, – it's not, like, exhausting in a way that life is, that your job is, or that stress is, or things like that, those things that nag at you. It actually fuels you to – it does me. It fuels me to handle it, to mm-hmm. take on whatever's going to come on the rest of the day. For me, anyway. So give me, give somebody advice that was in your shoes, that was in your shoes six years ago. Like, what do they need? What's the best advice you can give somebody to start, to change, to change like you did? It's so simple. It's just do it. You just have to decide to do it. You And when you decide to do it, you have to say, I have to commit to this. You have to make some rules for yourself. 
So you have to say, I'm going to commit to this, and I'm not going to commit to it for two days or three days. I'm going to set a goal. So I'm going to say, for six months, I have to do this, or I'm going to do this three days a week, uh, or I'm always going to do it on X time of day. I'm not going to make an excuse to not do that. I'm going to find a way to carve this in, and then I'm going to do that for this amount of time and see what happens. I know for a fact that if someone did that, three days a week mm-hmm. for the first six months at X time of day. So let's say they, they want to do 4.30 in the afternoon. If they did that at 4.30 in the afternoon, three days a week for six months, they're going to feel a significant difference, and they'll want to do it. They'll want to do more. Now, whether they stick and do that with CrossFit or pick something else, like – Uh, running or whatever it is they're going to want to be physical I did I wanted to be physical after that I wanted to move Mm -hmm. I wanted to come to class and see what I could get done that day I wanted to do I wanted to lift heavier on back squat and lift heavier on deadlift I wanted to see how far I could go and I would never have predicted that for myself but the only way I got there was to make that decision to say I'm you you have to do this so every day at x time you're doing this, so whether you like it or not, it's like brushing your teeth, combing your hair. Yeah. This is a part of my day. I go to, I get up, I go to CrossFit, I go to work, I come home, I do some recovery, I go to sleep, I get up the next day, and I do it again. And that's not an option. Like, you can't, if you get in a situation like I was in, very heavy, you know, um, not moving around, not physical, letting life just kind of eat you up. Mm-hmm. if you make it so i decided that i was going to use the three months that you gave me right i would be there at seven and do it three times a week and do that for the three months that you you gave and do everything that you said commit to it and that's what i i did if i hadn't done that and made that decision well, i probably wouldn't have hung with it i probably would have you know just said you oh, know this this hurts it's too hard whatever you just have to decide that this is and if once you do that and you start feeling any kind of difference in yourself, you're going to start feeling you're, that you're able to move. You're going to start seeing that you're, uh, you're physically a little bit better. You're probably weighing a little bit differently. Your attitude's a little bit different. Uh, you're going to start noticing that you're stronger or that your endurance is better. You, they're unavoidable. You mm-hmm. can't. You can't not notice that those things are happening to you. And you're going to want more of that. I did. Um, but what I would tell, what I always tell new people, <laughs> commit. Pick your time of day and commit to it. Mm-hmm. You carve out that time and this is what I'm going to do. This is my schedule. And I'm not allowed to make that a different thing. I'm not allowed to get up and say, I'm not going today. For no reason, I'm not going to go. I'm not allowed. I don't allow myself to do that. It's not allowed. Did you ever almost quit? No, I've never almost quit. I have gotten into lulls mm-hmm. where I'm like, oh, I'm not feeling like I'm better or I feel like I maybe I'm stagnating mm-hmm. or maybe my attitude or my – I was at a different emotional kind of space. Mm-hmm. Um, but I always knew – what I because of what I've learned, I've always knew that the moving and the act of going there and being social with the people that have like-minded desires, things like that, are good. 
they're inherently good mm-hmm. and you you shouldn't walk away from those things so you got to pick out the things that are not working for you to cut out i even with those moments i have struggled through them but i've never wanted to quit good people you know i've wanted to quit stuff that i've done it's at least some point you have a, lo- a couple of low points you know yeah. um, what's your what's your ideal workout like what's your favorite workout like um, if you could if you could write one what would it be gosh i don't we did a I like the bench press row. Mm-hmm. I like that I like that workout a lot. Bench press and row. Uh-huh. And I like um we have there's some that we haven't done it in a while where I want to say that it had uh back squats, push presses and um deadlifts or something like that and it was like so many of each and you ran and did like 10 rounds of it or something like that. I like those. Of course, those are all barbell related. Um, I like the workout that we did today, but it had the kicker of adding the kettlebells, and that really was a, mm, that was a spicy thing that <laughs> I wasn't expecting. But I'm typically, like, when we do the – I'll do the singles and the sit-ups, I can usually usually rock that out pretty good. I'm pretty, pretty good at sit-ups, surprisingly, but – uh, the GHD, I can only master about 10 of those at a time. With It depends on the workout. So, like, if you had 25 GHDs on there and it was three rounds of other incorporated movements along mm-hmm. with that, I would probably not be able to do the 25 for three rounds. Um, yeah, I'd have to split them a up. a lot in one sitting. I, I, I can do them. They just... Just aren't my. I'm not. I haven't gotten to the point where I can just bust them out. I hate them. Uh, today, so I, today I did ten at a time. Cause oh it, yeah. It always pulls my shorts down too. So, <laughs> like I did, but ten is all I wanted. You know, I yeah. did ten. I stood up, re- readjusted my shorts, got back on there, and did ten. And then I did, you know, the fifty was ter- and the fifty, the forty, and the thirty were terrible today. But, you know, I did tens, and then at one point I was doing fives at the end. Um, I'm not that strong at them because I always try to avoid them because I'm, you know, well, it's not that one was of my favorite things to do. One of the things that you, I always hear that in my head, and sometimes I just want to punch you mm-hmm. because you planted that seed. It if you don't work it, you're not gonna, you're not gonna master it. So you're not gonna get better at it. So like if I don't go in there and do singles every day, I'm not gonna get better at them. Yeah. And if I don't don't go in there and do GHGs every single day, I'm not gonna get better. I'm like I couldn't do ten in a row, and then you did the challenge. Not this time, but you've done that several times before. Yeah. And I've done the 10 every single time, and now I can do them. I can do 10 in a row, that kind of thing. But I I would never have worked those on purpose on my own. And I worked the box jumps really well. I was, you know, you working. Did, yeah. I stopped doing those because I realized <laughs> step-ups are harder, and I should be working on those. Really? Yeah. Yeah. They, step ups are not easy either. They're not easy, and they're the twenty inch box. I could do, I can't do tons of box jumps in a in a row. Like I can't do twenty five five rounds of that. I can't. I have to come up with a different way to handle it. But uh, the step ups are harder. Mm-hmm. They're hard, way harder for me to to do. And I have that thing where I lean over and 
I'm not standing up straight. I'm not erect when I come up and go onto the box. They call that like the stump leg or something like that. So you should lower the whatever. That's what I've been trying to do is concentrate on doing a better movement. Same thing with lunges is keeping my body upright. Yeah, instead of bent over. And I don't know why. Like I get frustrated with things like why are particular movements and other movements like one is really uh, not hard for me to do kettlebells those are not hard for me to do those aren't hard for me to do they're not hard it's not hard for me to do push presses and clean and jerks or things like that but i lunge you had yeah. i'm six years in and i those eat mm. my lunch like i i can't hang with those like everybody will lap me and you know and I'm, not that i really care about that but if you're going by uh, the time range of how to of a workout that has three rounds or five rounds that has a lot of lunges in it everybody's gonna lap me and I'm gonna hit that time cap I'm gonna be somewhere near the tail end of that because lunges are hard I can't figure out but I don't know why I don't it's I could go in there and practice those every day and sometimes they're in the warm-up lots of times but they're just hard and I don't understand the mechanic of why that is so much harder for me than doing something else like squats or mm. a, a hang squat clean i could do that you do those all day long yeah but i cannot those lunges eat yeah. my lunch i don't know and they could be what the other thing with lunges is the day that we did the lunges the overhead ones mm -hmm. those are easier than doing just a regular lunge just really? a wow. walking lunge Dang. Because I lay over, yeah, and the bar keeps me straight. Wonder if that's your, like your lumbar or some type of back muscle. Definitely that, core or something that, going yeah, on. Yeah, it, it's it's not. I haven't engaging. figured it out yet. So if so, if somebody's out there is is going fast food in between mm -hmm. wherever they're going. Like they had, a, they need to cut that out. But what do you replace it with? Like what do you what'd you do? What you did I? You I stopped eating fast food, but what did you start eating, and when did you eat it? I had a weird. I have a weird kind of eating kind of cycle that I can't seem to to break. But I ate. Anytime you can make your own food, you're better off. Mm -hmm. So there's going to be food that's uh, much healthier to make than other food that you're going to make at home, but it doesn't matter. Whatever you're making at home is going to be way better for you than what you buy in a fast food restaurant. Preservatives. Even yeah. a restaurant, unless we're talking about a very high rated where you're getting very clean food, yeah. things like that. They're, they're not good for you. They're processed and they're, I don't care if you're ordering a chicken breast that chicken breast isn't good for you as the one that you're going to make for yourself at home. Mm -hmm. Even if you're frying it, it's it's better for you at home. So that's what I did at first was just make my own food. Like, And I wasn't, I didn't um, necessarily make food that was like considered healthy, healthy. Like if I wanted to have fried chicken, I'd make fried chicken, that kind of thing. Um, it's just that now I'm more accustomed to... Uh, making food that's not fried or finding other ways to eat eat it because a lot of it will make me sick or not make me feel good mm -hmm. after I eat it. So I tend to stay away from it because uh, I just want to feel better. I just want to eat. I have a real I, – I don't like food. 
I don't like to, I don't like talking about food. I don't like planning food. I can't stand thinking about food because it's all the time. It's all in, it's every day, all day long. Like you got to plan for it. You got to have it. Who who taught you how to cook? Um, I learned that at home with my mother. Your mom Mm -hmm. taught you how to fry chicken? Fried chicken. Yeah. I don't fry it like her. If I I fried it like her, it would be, um, I have a lot more stuff in it than I put. I don't use flour to cook with or anything like that. But, I I, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I eat healthy 24 hours a day because I don't. Neither do I. I have have issues, but I'm mindful of things that are going to be wholly worse for me. So... But the other day at work, um, one of my coworkers comes around and she says, hey, do you want a little lunch? And I was like, yeah, sure. I can always think of something that I can get that's better than, mm. you know, some of the other options on there. And she goes, we're going to go to Five Guys. And I'm like, oh, my God, steak in the heart because <laughs> I love and I love Five Guys. I, I'm not burger, even. That's hamburgers, right? Yeah. And I haven't had Five Guys in two years. I at least two years I haven't had it because I looked up the calories and it's 2,000 calories like the burger itself is 600 1600 calories and then if you add the fries in it's another 1600 it's a ton of a ton every that is your day and a half two days worth of food Mm -hmm. right there and it's that's all your calories, but they're all empty. There's no protein that's worth anything. The carbs are terrible. The fat's an overload. Like, <laughs> and I love that stuff. I love Five Guys. And I was, just, I went off into a thing. She goes, well, we're thinking about Five Guys. And I was like, oh, oh, <laughs> oh I ate breakfast this morning and I ate Five Guys. Uh, you know, and then I finally was like, just stop it and have the Five Guys. So I had a burger. Yeah. And I'll do that on occasion, but I probably won't have five guys again for a while because it just sets me off into a thing knowing what those calories are. When I have a burger, if I'm really, really good, I'll not have the bun, but typically I'll eat the bun, but I just won't have the fries. Definitely won't have a Coke. I'll drink water. Um, but I've been on this thing. I've been trying to eat a salad every day for lunch. Yeah. Any salad. Any salad. Anybody that has a salad out there, you know, I'm sure Five Guys probably has a salad. I've never been to Five know. Guys. Maybe, I've never maybe not. I've never <laughs> I love their burgers so yeah. much. I've never invested looking at trying to figure out if they have a salad. Yeah. I do. Li- I I like a salad, but uh, I, I one of the reasons why I don't like food or talking about food or trying to figure food out is because I don't like most food. I mm-hmm. don't. I am extremely picky. My list of food that I like would be way easier to tell you than it would be to tell you about all the food I don't like. Like I don't like avocados. And I don't like <laughs> I don't like a lot of lettuce. I love kale and I like spinach. I've grown into liking spinach. But I like a lot of empty calorie food. Like I love cu- cucumbers and I love um iceberg lettuce. Those have no value, none whatsoever. But I love those things. I don't like tomatoes. I don't like a lot of foods. And so I don't end up telling a lot of people about that stuff. So if we go somewhere, like we're in a group, and we have done that. We've gone in groups somewhere, and we're going to go somewhere that I'm not familiar with. And I'll look at the menu and immediately know I'm in trouble. (laughs) But I'm not going to tell you. 
I'm not going to tell you that. I'll either say I'm not hungry or I ate earlier or, um, or I'll order something and just pick at it or something like that. I'm not, I'm not going to sit there and tell you about how all the foods that I, that I don't, other than right now, like you may not have known that about me, but I'm, I, food just, I don't like a lot of food. Like I get really upset because I'm the oldest of six kids and all of them eat everything Okay, I'm talking everything. If we weren't growing it or killing it on our our farm, we didn't have anything to eat. Okay, you just weren't going to eat. And that's what happened. I would sit there and go, well, I guess I'm going to eat popcorn tonight. And that's what I would eat. That was popcorn. Or she would, ha- she would make uh, potatoes. And I'd be like, oh, okay, I'm down for that. Mashed potatoes or boiled potatoes <laughs> or whatever. But I just, I don't like sweet potatoes. I don't, I, and I can't stand that about myself. It's not, well, it could be worse things than that. I mean, so I, it know makes pi- I know picky, eat- I know picky eaters that we go to a sushi restaurant and they'll order chicken tenders, you know. Well, I'm not above that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and George, and George, we went to, where'd we go? Uh, we went to a Mexican food restaurant, George and I. We went, George and I went to Jalapeno Tree together, just me and him the other day. Ashley was on our vacation. And George ordered some chicken tenders at Jalapeno Tree, Mexican place. Oh, but that place they were they were the best chicken tenders I've ever had. <laughs> they were good. I I I think that um I one time I went out with Tara, you know, mm-hmm. coach Tara. So we not one time I've been out with her a lot of times, but this one particular time, I guess she had been monitoring what I order cuz I try to keep that on the down low. And uh, she says, what are you going to get? And I go, I'm going to get chicken. She goes, no, you're not. <laughs> I was like, why not? I love chicken. And I do. Mm-hmm. And she was like, you're not going to get chicken. You get chicken every time we go somewhere. You're going to eat something else with chicken. And I'm thinking. And then all the alarm bells are going off in my head. I'm like, uh, I don't want to tell her about all these things that I don't like to eat. But I'm going to have to find something to eat that's not chicken. Because she's laid the law down. Anyway. <laughs> um, but I think I ate steak that night. I like steak. Just depends. I love steak. Yeah. I'll well, food that I'll make. It's very repetitive. So, like, I could tell somebody um, these are the foods that I like, and they could set up a menu that's like for two days worth, and I could eat that forever, and hardly ever veer from it because it's easy, and it doesn't force me to get into situations where I have to select food that I don't like to eat that I don't want I'm I'm almost positive that these things about food are the reason why I weigh what I weigh or weighed what I did weigh Mm -hmm. where the how I feel about food and um and plus I'd lost weight several times prior a couple times like 40 pounds and 80 pounds things like that and then I would just gain it right back because you just go right back to that eating and stuff it's mm-hmm. one of the things i tell people about whatever you set in motion make sure it's something you can maintain so don't do extreme things um don't do extreme things that are going to make you go running back to the way you used to eat or eating a unhealthy that kind of thing because i think maintain being able to maintain it is way more important well, I've seen you work out like almost every day that I'm at the gym, you know, for six years now. Mm-hmm. So that's a long time. 
you've lost over a hundred pounds. Yeah. And, but going forward, like, wh- like what's your other goals? I mean, f- f- from now, from now on, I mean, what do you, what are some of your goals? I know we talked about double under. We talked about. Yeah, I consider those kind of secondary. I'm always yeah. going to work out. Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to go to CrossFit as long as I can go to CrossFit. And I don't see, I don't see, you know, there's no CrossFit police that's going to kick me out. <laughs> at least I don't think of. And I know I'm going to get older. And yeah. there are going to be things that maybe I start to struggle with. Or th- I won't be able to lift or do a back squat of 315 pounds forever. But, uh the, so the goals that I have at CrossFit are just um, kind of secondary, like, mm-hmm. you know, get stronger with this or get stronger with that or be, get a little bit more endurance with running or things like that. I'm never going to be a marathoner or anything like that, but I can run. I mean, that's a that's a, that's a a good accomplishment in my book. Um, I'll probably be able to run longer or um, maybe one day be able to run a mile. That would be cool. Yeah, well, it's a marathon starts with one well, it starts with one step, but it really starts with being able to run one mile. I would say that's more realistic. Yeah. Then it's a 5K, and then it's a 10K, and yeah. then a half marathon, and then a full marathon. But that's the progression, and and it's just you started in a different place than everybody else. Right. You started in Lisa's place. Yeah. I started in Sam's place, and yeah. Ashley started. And we're all different. We all have different right. things. and. So my goals right now, like it, I would include a marathon in my goals. I wouldn't include a 5K or anything like that in my goals. Not because I don't think that it eventually someday if I set my mind to it that I couldn't accomplish that. What I have to get under my belt is being better at running and having more endurance and and uh, being able to run a mile. At least that's that's where I'm at. So I don't think about the longer runs or things like that because I'm not I'm not there yet I'm not near that that right right now it's the it's 16 laps around the gym yeah without stopping that's the that's without stopping and that's my thing is (laughs) I haven't been able to not stop and that's how many laps are you up to oh if I ran just ran laps in a row I could probably do depending on the day four to six yeah so you're only 10 away yeah, but it, and that's how you, sp- that's how you break it down. You just break it down to, I'm ten away and I'm nine away. And then you know. one of the things that I do when you have running wads is if it's a four hundred meter, six hundred, eight hundred meter, whatever it is. So I run one a half of the hundred, and the other half I walk, and half, and mm-hmm. I try to be speedy about the walking. I get tired toward the end. <laughs> it may look like I'm not, but in my mind I am. Um, I do that in a way to control the workout. Mm-hmm. So I want to be able to, I want to be able to complete the workout and I want to be able to do the other movements that are incorporated into it. Yeah. So that is why I do those things with running that yeah, I do. It's, you're pacing yourself to, so you I can, can com- go pick up a barbell in between because yeah. there's not just running a lot of times. Sometimes right. it is, but a lot of times it's. There's way other, a lot more other stuff that you have to do. So, you know, if you just came in there one day and said, you know what, I'm not working out today. I'm just going to run that mile. Mm-hmm. I'd be completely fine with that. <laughs> and you just skipped whatever we were doing, and you just ran 16 laps without stopping. Or maybe you make 12 laps, and you have to stop or something. But, you know, like you you mm-hmm. you have a benchmark, you know. Yeah. To, and that's how you get the, get there. Um, 
That's the same with um, any of the movements, though. Mm -hmm. Just practice it. Practice yeah, the movement. Exactly. And yeah. you're the one that planted that seed. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> um, you planted a lot of seeds. You don't. I don't think you understand um, what you, how you changed my life. Like how you specifically in the very beginning did that, and then bringing uh, the other coaches, Ashley, mm -hmm. things like that, into the picture. They've all supported it. Uh, they all give different ways to help and make things better, and have made me better or better at CrossFit. But you started that. You were the one that, you know, stood there and hammered that home and made me know that moving was going to be the answer to a lot of my problems. And that, you, well, I just remember you saying, you can do it. You can do this. You can do it. Yeah. And you, you were right. I tell everyone that you were right. Thank you. I, people don't say that enough, yeah. that I was right. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, but in all I said it enough that Ashley and doesn't I, have to say it now for at least a year. In all mm -hmm. seriousness, though, y you're, I don't, as far as I have some accomplishments, you're one of my favorite, my proudest accomplishments. Oh. And and you tell me that and I act like it's a joke or whatever, but uh, it's it, not re a joke. it really, it really means a lot to me. And that's why I have you on the podcast and, yeah. and. You know, I I love being around you. I just it's 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 uh you and I love coaching you, and as a coach, and Ashley's sitting right here next to us. But people that are coachable is why we do why we own a CrossFit gym. There's eighty percent of the people we love. Well, hold on. There's sixty percent of the people we love to coach or whatever. Well, we like to coach. Yeah. There's twenty percent that we really love to coach that are really coachable. And there's twenty percent that we don't like to coach and, they, yeah. and those people are usually gone after a while they've already made up their sub mind subconsciously yeah you know if they don't want to be there we don't want to be we don't want them to be there and but the few people we call them our seed clients like it, like we care what you think about like oh how how do you like these warm-ups or how you know should we change something and like we'll listen to people like you and people that we really love to coach because that's what makes us going to work that's what makes the class fun for us. If we didn't enjoy it, we wouldn't be doing it. Right. And um, it is it is a job, a lot of work, a lot of, and you have to get up there and sing and dance every day on, yeah. in front of the board. And and, mm -hmm. and there's good you you have to approach. I'm sure that you have to approach it the same way I do on day seven of a really hard week. Um, I'm day four, Friday, Thursday, whatever, mm -hmm. and you get up and you've got to go, but you're like. Oh. I'd love to lay back down. I'd, I'd love not to go back up there. You, you have to hit those moments as a coach or an owner or that kind of thing. But I'm telling you that um, the things that you said, the things that you said on day one, you were emphatic. It's not about like you, um, you coached us. You showed us how to do the air squat or whatever, but it was more the words that you spoke. And it's not because you spoke the words. It's because you believed what you were saying. Mm -hmm. And that's what I heard. I heard you say you can do that. You can do that. And every time you've told me that, you were right. You coached me through a back squat where I got to, what, 305 pounds, and I was pretty sure I couldn't do it. And you were like, you don't know. No, I, in fact, I was like, I'm done. You know, I hit mm. 295, I think it was. And you were like, no, no, you can do more. And you went over and got the five-pound plates and stuck them on the thing. And I was like, dude, I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> <laughs> but – 
I know you wouldn't steer me in a direction because you've also stopped me from doing stuff that you yeah. felt like I needed to quit before I got heavier. So I, I can trust the fact that if you go over and slap five pound plates on that, um, you're not steering me in the wrong direction. You actually believe that I can do the lift, whether I believe it that I, that, that I can or not. But I'm, uh, that those are the things you, you've done that to me through the entire six years. That's, yeah. you've been very motivating. And you add the laps for running on Saturday wads when they're not on the Wattify when I come in. Yeah, that's my I'm favorite. I'm always grateful for that. That's my favorite thing to do. When when I see you there on Saturday and there's no running in the workout, I'll quickly add it. Yeah. Just just to make you run. I'm so grateful. <laughs> yeah. She yeah. cusses me, yeah, too. Yeah, I do. But that's the only day I'm going to openly yeah. be verbal about it. Those sure, Saturdays sure. where I walk in there and you add that 200 on. Yeah. If you did that during the week, I'd be like, oh, man. But I probably wouldn't say much about it. Yeah. But on Saturdays when I'm like, eh, you know, it's going to be a partner wide. Maybe I'll, I won't die doing this wide today. That kind of thing. <laughs> I never died doing the wads, yeah. P.S. But anyway, <laughs> I go in there on a Saturday and I look at the board and he's written 200 meter run in between each of the movements. I'm like, dude, <laughs> I throw my PVC on the ground. I'm going to leave. I've had people show me their phone and be like, it's not what it says on <laughs> Wattify. I was like, well, we put what they put that on there. That's not coming from Jesus. You know, we're, we're putting that on there. So we can change it however we want to. And well, the people are generally upset. They're uh, like, no, I well, came for this. There's been times <laughs> when I've been totally upset. I'm like, oh, my God, I have to run. And then the day that we had to run, well, there's when the tide turned and um, you added them, and I was there, and I was like, man, <laughs> toss my PVC down. And people didn't turn on you. They turned on me. Way to go, Lisa. Way to show up for Saturday. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> How did, I am not responsible for this. I'm not. I would never have chosen running on purpose. But the the day that you stood up at the board and you said, I don't remember what the workout was. It had barbells in it. Um, and I did the RX weight. And I did everything. And it was a 100-meter run. And we had to 200 meters. So each of us had to do 200 meters and we would tag. Yeah. And you added that on. And you were standing at the board and you were like, uh, <laughs> you were riding on it and you're talking to everybody and then you turned around and you go, yeah. Now what we would normally do is if you really want to get a workout as you would do all of this, even though you're partnering. So you would do all this or all this. And you had already said you were, you were going to ask me to be my partner. And I was like, oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> And then you're going through this thing, and you you turned around, and you were like, yeah, but, you know, I'm partnering with Lisa today, so we'll probably do the half. And I was like, I can do the whole thing. I was like, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> Knowing full well it was a running wad, and I was going to die. I was yeah. like, I can do that whole thing. And I did. did. Yeah. I did the whole thing because it was because of you. Because I was like, well, I'm going to show him I can do that. And I did. You and did. even ran. And you got a good workout. I did. And I, got, I always do. And I got a great workout. <laughs> and that's the cool thing about those. I remember right after the first, I think they were uh, cleans. Mm -hmm. And they were heavy. And you you got, you know, we were doing five and five. So you did five and I did five. And deadlifts. They were heavy deadlifts. And you said, 
I did my five and you go, are you sure you want to, you don't want to split them? I was like, oh no, we're on board now, buddy. We're doing (laughs) all of it. I think you did some of mine too. (laughs) On those. Maybe I did. Was it, were we climbing rope? Were you doing ropes too that day? I think so. I don't remember. I can't remember. Yes. Yes, we were. And then. It was was heavy, heavy deadlift, rope climbs and running. Running. Yeah. Man, that was a good one. Uh, yeah, I, re- I remember that. I remember you that. asked me twice, are you sure you want to do the whole thing? Yeah, we're doing the whole thing. We're on <laughs> We're on board with this, but <laughs> buckle up. <Yeah. laughs> and even if I was I was second look. guessing. Yeah, I started to second <laughs> guess myself. But anyway, that was good. That was one day when you added the run and I wasn't expecting it. And I thought, what? Well, if we're going to add the run, you're going to have to do the whole workout, no matter if you partner with me or not. <laughs> Penalty. Yeah. No, you've been a... A huge influence to me, you and Ashley both. The whole community has. I've said that before where, you know, I think God puts you in places where you're supposed to be because that's what you need, Mm -hmm. that you need that direction, that turn, uh, or to be surrounded by people that can uh, help you pull yourself out of wherever you are, that kind of thing. And it definitely CrossFit did that for me. And I don't mean CrossFit like as CrossFit, but our box, our Mm -hmm. community, the people that we have up there have been nothing but wholly supportive of me, of of everyone. Like you're not going to encounter someone um, being ugly, rude to you, or, you know, making fun of your movements, things like that. That doesn't happen up there. It's one of the things that people worry about in the very beginning. Yeah. But it's super intimidating, it seemingly. Yeah. But once you get there and people are super supportive of you, and plus you guys lead the way for that. So you and Ashley set a tone where no matter what that person's age or physical fitness is, they're their right to be there is going to be honored as much as the guy who's like thinking that he's going to go to the games. Yeah. So that, you know, that's a direct reflection of the way you lead the the path, the way you go. And, and everyone there is just trying to survive. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> they, that's, don't, that's the whole they, thing. Don't, they don't have time to worry about you. <laughs> that's you what know? I told people. I'm like, I'm like, I yeah. used to in the very beginning worry about like what I looked like because, yeah. like, you know, I know I can look, I sweat a lot and I I know I can look pretty bad it's sometimes. Me- it's medical, yeah. But what I, what I learned was people don't care what I look like. They're just trying to survive it too. Yeah. The guy beside me is just, He's breathing hard just like I am. We're sweating. Nobody cares. No, they truly don't care. Well, people, I see, like, you know, like a new guy, a new man, you know, in his 30s or whatever, he'll join the gym, and you'll you'll be moving a barbell or something, and their eyes will get real big. <laughs> They'll be like, holy shit. I've got to <laughs> – you know they're gonna laugh me out of here you know because they see you throwing around weights and like renee rife you know doing whatever she's doing with her six-pack you know can you see that just do a wad with her with burpees in it yeah that's intimidating as all get out that girl does it like a sewing machine only she's up down up down down, machine yeah there's a lot of impressive people and your 6 a.m groups like kenneth terry one of the things about us is we're older okay so When new people come in, you can see this happen sometimes with people. I'm not going to name names, but, like, they'll come in to our class or whatever and immediately underestimate us. Mm -hmm. Not dislike us. 
and not not be rude, things yeah. like that. Totally friendly. Love the atmosphere, that kind of thing. But they underestimate us. And because we're jacking around, <laughs> we're making fun, and we're giving you guys a hard time. Yeah. But when you say three, two, one, go, we go. We're not playing around anymore. We're yeah. we're doing the wad, and we're doing it well. We're, we're, we're kicking butt. And that is a little bit intimidating to someone who wasn't expecting that, where they came in and they underestimated it a little bit because of our age and yeah. how much slack talking we're talk, doing, throwing down. And then they see us do the wad, and we're like, they're like, oh, i got to put this in gear. Or they're actually going to – or yeah. they're going to lap me, that kind of thing. We're not going to play around. We're – when you say three, two, one, go, it doesn't matter how much, yeah. you know, shit talk we've done. Yeah, y'all didn't wake we're gonna up. Do it. Y'all didn't wake up early for no reason. No, we're, there we <laughs> literally did. I don't. You know, I, I know I do a lot of smack talking, a yeah. lot, a lot of talking. But when you say three, two, one, go, I'm down for the what. I'm down for whatever I've got to do, and I usually have a plan in mind. I usually think about it quite a bit, um, especially if it's something that I'm gonna, I'm gonna scale. Or I have to come up with a that you've given me options for where you can do this or this or this. Mm -hmm. If, you know, especially as singles and things like that, I come up with a plan that's going to be challenging. I, I want it to be. I'm do you obsess over the workout the night before? Sometimes. Yeah. If only in, only in respect to really what, I'm not going to say really hard wads, but a, a wad that I would consider really difficult for myself, mm -hmm. then yeah, I will stress that. And burpee wads, yeah, the walking, the overhead, Lunges. yeah, and the burpee wad. I think that was five rounds of that. Mm -hmm. And I knew going in, I knew going in that that was going to be hard. This is going to be a real challenge, and I'm going to have to keep <laughs> keep it together. And I think I broke down like five times in that yeah. workout. Yeah, it was, you cried on that one. Yeah, I did cry because. You get in your head and you start thinking, why? It's not been doing this for six years. I should be able to do this like, you know, you're down there just pounding them out, pounding those burpees like boom, 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 and yeah. then doing the 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 walking lunge. And Penny's down there really doing a great job at it. You know, she, she's come a long way since oh, yeah. she started. So I'm really proud of everybody in that group. And um, not that I'm not proud of everyone, because but I'm in there with them and working out with them every day, and I see them daily, and I know what they've put into it, and mm -hmm. I'm I'm proud of the work that we do in the mornings. But that I knew that was going to be a hard workout, and I stressed that throughout the night. But there's things that I tell myself, I'm like it, it, I can't cherry pick this workout. I have to go and do it. It's going to be a hard one. I have to go and, and do it. And when it was all over. I was very proud of myself. It, it was, was an, it was an accomplishment and success. A huge one. I came in in a lot less time than I anticipated. Mm -hmm. I I was able to do the overhead lunges um, much better than regular walking lunges, even though they were very difficult. And I arced it. I did that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was, but it was hard. No, no getting around that. It was hard. But I'm always proud of that. Like. Yeah. I may stress it, and I maybe I know full well when I go into that wad that it's going to be very difficult. But it, once I get through that, and then we're done and it's over, I wouldn't take that back for anything. You just have to start the workouts, I, you know. And I'm I control the clock, so I actually start the workout. Yeah. But I remember when I'm working out, you know, initially when I started CrossFit, I'd stress, I'd go back, be pacing back and forth. Oh, okay. 
this is going to suck, this is going to suck, this is going to be terrible. And, and just really in my head about it. But now I'll just, I won't even have my gloves on hardly. I'll hit the start button just to get this shit started. Yeah. Because I know once I get in there, I'll be fine and I'll, you know, it'll be over in a few minutes. And, and, and that's pretty much my attitude toward almost all the workouts. Mm-hmm. But I would say that I still have um, those strong weaknesses with the walking lunge and the burpees. So those two combined and knowing I was going to do five rounds of that, I can talk myself through almost anything. I can tell myself, well, this is going to be over in 10 minutes. It's going to be over in 12 minutes. It's not a big deal, that kind of thing. But there are still going to be some that I'm going to do the pace before it or be having upset stomach knowing that mm-hmm. this is going to be hard. And But just know, every time you do those movements and you and you do them and you show up anyway, yeah. even though you don't want to, <laughs> it, they get easier and you get better at them and next time they oh. get easier until they become your strengths. I'm like, two years ago, I wouldn't have been able to do that. Yeah. No, that's not a joke. Like, I didn't master, I didn't master doing the burpees and for like uh, the first three or four years it, jumping in and out of them doing them accurately the mm-hmm. way they're supposed to be that kind of thing but the um and having doing an overhead walking lunge would have been out of the question i i i wouldn't have done it i would have my i would have scaled that in some way so i'm definitely better it's a hard workout i did it in 30 or 42 minutes 42 minutes I think I did it in 42 minutes. I can't remember. But I anticipated that I would go over 45 minutes, and I, I didn't. Have you changed at work at all? Like, are you a different person on, on the job than you were when you before you got fit? In what way? Performance-wise? Well, my attitude about work, I'm a... I'm because I'm in a position of leadership, I've always considered that you leading the way. So whether I like it or not, um, there's situations that happen that, you know, everybody would shy away from. And I would be like, come on, you know, you know, I'm not on the floor floor. I'm doing other things, scheduling surgeons, things like that. But if that situation comes up and I can see that they're all like, oh, I'm not going to do that. I don't want to do it. I don't want to be involved in that or whatever. I'll, I'll get up and go, let's go. Let's go do it. Let's let's do get whatever. It get it done. Yeah. Let's just go do it. You know, and I go in there and shoulder to shoulder and work it with them so that they can see that I'm not afraid. We're not afraid to do this work. We're, we can get this done. Where I've noticed it the most is we've moved a couple of times. And then there's also been some real physical things that we've had to do. Um construction wise and things like that that have happened at the office and um i address those without any problem physically Mm -hmm. like lifting carrying things moving things from here to there furniture whatever it is and uh i don't hesitate to jump in and do those things i might have hesitated to do that about six years ago because of my back probably my back would have given me grief or I would have whatever I did I would have ended up paying for it for several hours after or throughout the next day that kind of thing because I actually had back injections had um what do you call bul- bulging discs things like that in 2013 mm-hmm. and had to have injections and stuff like that so I was real cautious back then 
but I'm not now because there's two things that happened. One, CrossFit, and I got stronger. But the other was through recovery and uh, like going to a Rossi and then also reading the things that I read. I found out that everything's connected. Everything is connected. And if you feel weak back, then you you need to work on other things to strengthen that back. So yeah. if something is failing, it's probably not getting support from something else either above or below it so those are the things i attack and i'm i'm 90 90 percent of the time that works yeah i agree most people you know oh my i have a bad back well a lot of times you have a bad back because you have a weak back because you don't do yeah you don't do the things like deadlift and it is the basic pickup movements that strengthen your back and it is weak but it's also you're weak everywhere. Mm-hmm. So your back is weak because all the other things that are connected to it are weak too. They're not doing what they're supposed to do. So your back should be stronger because all of this stuff connected to it has been worked and flexed and ready to go and to support what this core has to do. Yeah. So if you're not, if you're, you're weak everywhere if your back is weak. I, I, I mean, I don't mean that as an insult or you could have back problems. I've had them. I'm saying that if you work the other things that are connected to that and then do strengthening exercises specifically for your back, you're, you can't help but get better. You can't ignore everything that's connected to it. You can't ignore what's connected to your knee or your ankle or your wrists. You can't ignore those things. You've got, like, uh, if I have knee pain, I almost always know it's my IT bands. Mm-hmm. I almost my, my, every Mine, too. Yeah, yeah. Almost every time I can go after one and find a hot spot and know immediately that that's where it's coming from. I'm not saying that you can't get injured. You could get injured, you know, walking around through your front yard, that kind of thing. I'm just saying that if you're, um, if you're purposeful, about going after the things that are connected to the things that are weak, you're probably going to get stronger. Absolutely. All right. What else do we need to talk about? I don't know. We've talked about football and CrossFit and weight and food. <laughs> cowboys. And, yeah. I love the cowboys. Well, thank you so much for, for coming and being on this. I'm and happy to. I hope ho- hopefully oh. people listen to it. Yeah. You know, more than just the 6 a.m. crew. I'm sure they're all going <laughs> to listen in. If, they if can I tell them. F- if they can figure out how to use their phones. Ooh. Come on. <laughs> come on. <laughs> Kenneth is going to tell me about that probably. I love Kenneth in his mouth. Like I've had some coaches come to me and being like, well, everything was okay, but the 6 a.m. was really giving me a hard time. <laughs> <laughs> they need to buck up. <laughs> Look, one of the things is, is well, yeah, we do. We're kind of mouthy. We probably should draw that back on some on some people. But when you you start that timer, we're doing the workout. We're yeah. not talking anymore. We're doing what you told us to do. We're we're not going to give you any grief. Like we're just bad, like the bad news bears or something. Yeah, yeah. you know, and and Tara <laughs> Tara started the whole thing where she was putting burpees in the warm up. Yeah, and. Kenneth was just like, oh, totally insulted. Like he's just like, this is a personal attack, having to do burpees in the warm-up. But, and then she started doing it on purpose, and I was yeah. like, Tara. I mean, like, and then I would tell Kenneth, like, you shut up. Yeah. You're costing us every day anyway. But She's, You're getting fitter because of it. Yeah. Know? she. Well, her, wor- her warm-up, I think the day that we were doing um, – 
what we were doing back squats, I think she was there for it. Her warm-up had 200-meter uh, runs and burpees in it. But if you're doing that, like, you need to do that. I don't want to do burpees. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't want to run, but I'm going to go go do that warm-up. And because if you're doing that and then you go over and do a static movement where you're just kind of standing, yeah, it's hard, but you're not moving. You're not – so you got to get those things warm. Like, I yeah. know that I can't go to the box and just bust out a 100-meter run. I have to walk – one to two hundred meters before I can get everything going okay yeah well we can put a jog into this we can lift it a little Mm -hmm. bit more that kind of thing it gets me ready Uh, the old you know it's an old saying but the older I get the more of that I need so I can go over to the thing and just stand to do a lift because if you if you don't do stuff like that like Tara's writing that your chance of injury is higher yeah and you know when you do get sweat a little sweat on before your body's just ready to work at that point. It's just like it's like warming up your car outside before you get in and drive it. Yeah. I mean, it's it's essential, and she does a good job with that. So. All all your coaches do. I like them all. Well, I do too. I have fun, and thanks for having me. Yeah, this was fun. All right. Well, Lisa Kirk, <laughs> contact her. She's Ellie Snaps. Uh, L Snaps. E L L E S N I P S. L Snaps, at L Snaps on Instagram. She's yeah. also a photographer. Very good photographer, by the way. Mm. So contact her on Instagram or Facebook or whatever. And um, you can find her at 6 a.m. at CrossFit Van Zandt. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye-bye. <laughs>